this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. Our taping is made possible with the support of Raider, a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Support for this podcast also comes from HomeBank, who wants to remind you that protecting your identity is important. When you make a payment with a paper check, you're handing over all of your personal or business information, plus your bank account number. When possible, choose to pay with cash, debit or credit cards, or with your phone's mobile wallet. That'll help you stay ahead of identity thieves and protect your finances. Learn more at home24bank.com. Our guest today is Tracy Wirtz, Public and Media Relations Manager for Cox Communications. Tracy is here to talk about Cox's participation in the Affordable Connectivity Program, which can save money on eligible consumers' internet bills. Tracy Wirtz is a familiar face and voice, and she joined Cox about a year ago after spending more than three decades in radio and television broadcasting. Tracy, I'm honored to have you on Discover Lafayette. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jan. It's absolutely my pleasure. Yes. So... I didn't know anything about this program, Mm -hmm. and I I mentioned this to you. My daughter, Kelly, graduated from college, setting up her own apartment, got Cox, you know, internet and all in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. And when she was on the phone, the nice woman that helped her said, look, you may qualify for this affordable connectivity program. And that was the first we had heard about it. And I think this really helps a lot of people. You know, if so, I thought it'd be a good thing for you to come in and talk about what you offer. Without a doubt, Jan. And one of the things that we're working really hard on right now is educating the public about ACP, the Affordable Connectivity Program, which is part of a, an infrastructure bill that Congress passed in November of 2021. $14.2 billion was set aside to help low income, income consumers connect to high speed internet and pay their monthly mm-hmm. bills. Um, and that's important because I think that the pandemic really shined a light on the fact that there are folks out there who struggle. There are Mm -hmm. folks out there who need internet service. There are folks out there who have children or Mm -hmm. um, just for whatever reason need to stay connected. And this is one of the ways that they can do that. You know, until recently, I don't think anybody really looked at the broadband infrastructure as infrastructure. Mm -hmm. We looked at internet as something, oh yeah, I can stream a movie or I can email whatever for work. But with the pandemic in particular, it's now very clear that this is the fourth element of infrastructure because you can't survive without having connectivity. And, you know, there is what has been referred to as the digital divide. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Cox is working really hard toward digital equity, but you're absolutely right. It is something that folks really need in their homes. And I think it it became incredibly apparent when students um, had to work from home, had to do their homework from home, had to get their lessons from home, had to attend school virtually. Um, And originally, the original plan um, for the federal government was the EBB program, um, which was in effect until it rolled over to the ACP program, which opened up to more people, Mm -hmm. which was really good because now uh, so many more people have access to affordable internet. And, you know, Cox has worked for a number of years 
on making internet affordable. In 2012, they rolled out Connect to Compete, um, which was a, a program or a tier rather that's $9.95 a month that's oh. eligible to uh, are open to eligible families uh, with children. So they recognized very early mm-hmm. that internet was something that folks absolutely needed. Right. Um, and then we rolled out our Connect Assist program last year, which um, allows for uh, households without children mm-hmm. to sign up if they're eligible. And now with ACP on top of that, it just makes it even more affordable and attainable for folks to be hooked up to the internet at home. Who is eligible for this program? Well, the list is long yeah. um, and I'll, I'll share it with you because if you do fall in, if you're listening and you fall into one of these categories, uh, you're definitely going to want to take a look. Um, those who are uh, eligible for the free or reduced lunch through the National School Lunch Program, supplement Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, uh, Federal Public Housing, Supplemental Nutrition Program for Women, Infants, and Children, which is uh, more commonly referred to as WIC, uh, if your child takes part in the Head Start Program, if you are a Pell Grant recipient for the current academic year. So that really speaks oh. to those college-age students wow. who are living on their own uh, mm-hmm. and may not be living in a dorm or a, a, a college-connected Uh, housing facility. Uh, Any of the programs, of course, that I just listed above, also tribal programs. If someone does fall on tribal lands, um, that benefit is actually increased a bit, but those folks are also eligible. Um, Also Medicaid. If folks qualify for Medicaid, they may be eligible for the ACP program. Uh, Supplemental Security Income, or SSI. Veterans Pension or Survivor Benefits. If you get those, you could be eligible. And this is something that I really like. If your income is 200% or less than the federal poverty guideline, you could qualify for ACP. And if I read right, like for a family of four, that's in the mid fifty thousand range. So that it's sounds not, right. It not it's not what you're thinking. A lot of us would think, oh, you know, somebody making twenty thousand a year. It's um, it really covers quite a few people. It does, and yeah. that's the beauty of mm-hmm. ACP uh, Affordable Connectivity Program. And we don't know how long that money is going to last, but fourteen point two billion dollars. a lot. Goes yeah. a long way if you're talking about thirty dollar increments. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are eligible, that's what you qualify for, up to thirty dollars in benefits. Again, unless you live on tribal lands. Uh, there it's up to $75. Mm-hmm. But for the most part here in Acadiana, most of us um, would qualify for up to $30. So if I think I qualify, what do I do? Like, what's the next step? Well, we've made it really easy at Cox. We have a, a portal set up at our website, cox.com slash digital equity. And right at the top of the page, you'll see check your eligibility mm-hmm. and you can click there. Now, when you put in your address, it may, might tell you that you're automatically um, eligible. And that's really good news because then you just go through those steps. If you do need to apply for the ACP program, everything you need to do will be right there. You may need to provide proof of income Mm -hmm. or uh, proof of uh, uh, participation in one of the programs that I mentioned previously. But once that $30 is applied to your bill, especially if you're on like a Connect Assist, which is $30 a month, essentially you could be paying nothing for Mm -hmm. internet. This just started recently? ACP, now you're going to test me, Jan. Uh Um, ACP was rolled out uh, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Again, there was a program in place prior to that that was a little more restrictive. Mm -hmm. This opened it up uh, to more possibilities and to more people. I have another question, too. And if... 
if you want to say more with this, just fill in. But when I was looking on your website, I, I saw something about PCs for people. And it's another partnership, like helping people get a laptop mm -hmm. or something if they don't have one. So is that connected with this program? It is. ACP does allow for a, a certain amount of money to go toward getting um, those devices in the home. And we work with PCs for people. They may be refurbished PCs, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, but they're affordable. And with the ACP program, if you don't have a device in your house, mm -hmm. you could be eligible for the money to help purchase one um, so that you do have those devices. Because, you know, cell phones these days are great and yeah. everybody stays connected and you can access the internet. But there are definitely those times times when you need a screen, mm -hmm. when you need a keyboard. Um, and so this opportunity is one that you definitely want to look uh, look into if you are in a household that either doesn't have internet or that has internet, but, no but needs, needs those devices. Right. Because it looked like the consumer does have to put up a minimal amount of money, you know, to match what Cox will get through that grant. Um, and they can get it through Cox. Yes, like for PCs for people, right? Yeah. yeah, for that particular program. They don't just go buy it themselves. You, your company right. helps. All yeah. of that, and all of that, in, that information to walk you through is at our website, cox.com/slash/digital-equity. Um, I tell you, I have been so incredibly impressed by how quickly Cox is ramping up efforts mm -hmm. to help folks who call and say. I need help to access the ACP program, or what about this particular um, benefit? For instance, the money that goes toward providing a device yeah. in the home. Um, we want to make sure that people have what they need. Our commitment to digital equity is real, mm -hmm. and and we're trying to make sure that people know about this program yeah. um, because you know if you, if you know that it exists. Yeah, and you qualify. Why not do why it? Why not take advantage today? of it? Absolutely. And you know, here's the um, something else I do want to make sure that I mention is that it is for current or um, prospective customers to check out. Yes. Uh -huh. So if you are a current customer and you think you would um, qualify for ACP, then just go ahead, go on our website, check your eligibility, mm -hmm. and do whatever needs to be done to make sure that you get that $30. And it can be applied to any tier, um, whether you have Connect Assist or you have one of the the, the tiers that provides a higher download speeds. Oh, okay. You know, you can apply it to whatever bill or whatever tier you currently mm -hmm. subscribe to. Mm -hmm. I read that um, Cox Communications is actually, it's still family-owned. Mm -hmm. And I know from my work with Cox in the past, that they really do want to make a difference in each community they're in. And they're across mm -hmm. the country. I mean, it's a big company, but it's still owned, right, by the, the Cox family. Yeah, uh, James M. Cox founded mm -hmm. the company in the late 1800s. Um, he has a, a wonderful story, too. He was a governor. He brought He bought <laughs> newspapers. He bought... Um, He's got a radio great station. Yeah. He really, really does. Um, and you can read about that at our website as well. But it is still family owned. Mm -hmm. um, and it's currently being uh, run by his grandson, I think oh. it is. Grandson or great grandson. And I probably should know that. Um, it might be Alex great grandson. Taylor. It might be. I, I think yeah. it's great grandson. <laughs> but his name is Alex Taylor. He's a fantastic uh, man with some amazing visions. And mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy so much about Cox is their true commitment to the communities. Um, you know, Jan, Cox employees live here. We have hundred over 120 employees just in the Acadiana area. Mm -hmm. um, and they give back to the community 
all the time. And that's part of what my job is. And it's amazing to see the way that the employees engage in their communities. Um, that's how, that's how James Cox founded the company, Mm -hmm. or that's what, one of the things that he founded it on was community involvement, making sure that you are committed and engaged with your community. And we continue to do that today. Yeah. Yeah. He was a school teacher and I find this fascinating. He bought a newspaper at mm-hmm. the age of 28. But then what really gets me, and I want people to go to Cox's website. I love this part of his story. He was a three-term governor mm-hmm. of Ohio, but then he was the 1920 Democratic nominee for president of the sure U.S. Was. And Franklin Roosevelt was his running mate. So this is, he's got a pretty cool background, but the, the company has just evolved over the years mm-hmm. and does not only media, but I mean, other things too. I don't even know if they still own some of these companies like Kelly Blue Book. And we do. We do. Kelly Blue Book and Mannheim. Um, We have a whole arm under Mm -hmm. uh, the Cox Enterprises brand called Cox Automotive. Um, They are constantly doing neat and very cool things. Like um, one of the, the companies that they own is called Bright Farms that grows lettuce and, and fruits or vegetables in, um, in a controlled environment, so but it's organic, completely organic, and and so forth, and and so that's been really fun to see grow. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think that people, to your point, have an idea of everything that Cox does. No, um, you we know, just there think was TV, or you exactly. know, older ones of us think TV, and others think internet and all. But yeah, yeah. we do a lot, and um, the minds there are amazing the ideas that come from our teams uh, across the country are just fascinating. Um, and the, and being able to create, being able to, um, to dream of things and know that there's a possibility that it might come true, um, or that you could put it into action. Mm -hmm. That's a good feeling every day. Yeah, I bet. I do want to get into some of your your personal career and how you've evolved mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. a part of the Cox family. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you wanted to bring up about the Affordable Connectivity Program before we move on? I, I just want to remind folks that if you are 200% or below the poverty line, or if you um, happen to participate in any of the other programs that uh, I mentioned earlier, please go to our website, check your eligibility. Um that ACP money is there, and we want it to be used. Mm-hmm. We want folks um, to either get connected. Uh, to your point about your daughter, I've talked to so many people about ACP, and they've said, wow, I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. My grandson, who's in yeah. a, a similar situation as your daughter. Um, yeah, they're just young, you know, right, right out of college. And, and they just people just don't know about mm-hmm. it, or they're still doing without internet unnecessarily. Right. Um, so this is really your opportunity to check it out, see if it's something that works for you and your family. Cox.com slash digital equity. Okay. Well, on that note, I'd like to pause and uh, reflect back on an interview we did with architect Kevin Gossin. We do this every show, Tracy. We kind of go back and look at some interesting interviews and for some reason, Kevin reminds me of you. He really, he's always just kind of had a dream about what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. followed your path too. And Kevin, from the time he was five or six, dreamed of 
designing custom homes, if you can imagine. He was always sketching. And he's doing that still to this day. He specializes in traditional and historic design for custom built homes. And he's got a fascinating interview. So I hope people will go back and listen to Kevin's interview at discoverlafayette.net, along with many, many other interviews. And now the moment. As a young boy, as early as I can remember, I would draw houses, sketch them on a large pad. and Really? Yeah. In fact, I wish I still had the pad. But oh, yeah. I was probably five and six years, five or six years old. And I've known I've wanted to do this all of my life. Um, now, my father being a commercial architect, uh, he would come into my bedroom, see me sketching these <laughs> houses, and some of them were kind of crazy. How so? Like, well, um, just elaborate and, and mm-hmm. just rambling and uh, I would say very creative. And uh, he would run into my bedroom or come into my bedroom and say, you need to get those houses out of your mind. You'll never be able to make a living doing houses. Oh, because he had built like you know, what was it, Chase Tower, the he, F&B. Chase Tower. Like, he was known for big buildings. He did uh, Women and Children's Hospital, yeah. you know, a lot of really large mm-hmm. uh, businesses. In fact, he was the, he and, and Mr. O'Rourke were the largest architectural firm in the city at that time, and they had 14 architects working uh-huh. for them, and so it was a different, a different practice altogether. And he saw you as maybe, like, trying to be an artist, just kind of a sketch artist. Yes, and my father really was an engineer first. Mm -hmm. In fact, he uh, was educated as an engineer and later became an architect, and his mind was more of an engineer's mind. However, my mother was very creative. I see. There was nothing she couldn't do. Uh, She could make something out of nothing, Mm -hmm. and it was always done with excellence. And that had probably more of an influence on me than my father's work, because his work I was somewhat interested, but really not passionate about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another big influence on me was uh, the the architecture of of Hayesdown. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. We're here with Tracy Wirtz with Cox Communications. Mm -hmm. And the first half, Tracy, of course, we were talking about the Affordable Connectivity Program. And Mm -hmm. I really would like you to share yourself, too, your story. I know... You're a go-getter. I mean, I know you from being in media, mm-hmm. but you've also, you were telling me you've worked in real estate for a while. You've well, on the radio, doing country radio. Mm-hmm. You've um, you've kind of hit a lot of bases. You've, you've done a lot of things, and you're still so young. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> well, three decades. Well, thank decades, you. I haven't, yeah. that, that, uh, that particular adjective hasn't been used in a while, but thank you so much. I did appreciate that. Did you start that. in high school? Like, when did you start on the radio? I started in radio uh, when I was in college, like college. when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and did that for a, a few years. When um, was that? I started at 1450 AM, KSIG. Where yeah, was that? In Crowley. Crowley. Yeah, it's now um, a group. It's it's one of the, I think one of two maybe, um, privately owned groups, radio groups in Acadiana. Uh, it's in with Big 102.1, uh-huh. and I think it's Mustang 106.7. But it was, you know, before deregulation, so uh, it was a standalone AM station. And I continued to do radio there. Um, I went to KMDL, which is now The Dog, briefly while I was still in college, did my internship actually there. Uh Um, Did you always 
dream of being like on the radio or TV? I did. Uh, when I was very young, uh, you know, I remember thinking, you know, going back in my high school yearbook and the things that I wrote, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Mm-hmm. Um, I did get out of the actual broadcasting side, uh, you know, behind the mic kind of side of media in 1995. Um, and from 95 to 2000, held a different job every year. You did, trying <laughs> yeah. to find your way. <laughs> yeah, my at the time, my, um, no, not 2005, I, I'm 1995. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, kind of dating myself there. But 1995 to 2000, I held a different job every year. And my, my kids were very little. Mm-hmm. And um, I needed a little more flexibility than media offered, right. than broadcast media And the hours. Offered. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I mean, you work a lot. You're kind of always on call and broadcasting. The hours are just strange. Um, it's not an eight to five job. Um, so I, I did different things among them, real estate mm-hmm. in that time. I was a relocation director and then went back um, into broadcasting in 2000 and um, worked at, at, well, it wasn't at the time, but it's now Big 102.1 mm-hmm. for five years. And then got a phone call and started down the TV career uh, so path for what a was your first TV gig? Was uh, KATC doing mm-hmm. Good Morning at Morning <laughs> Yep, that's what I did, and I absolutely loved it. Did I read, though, that you had to get up, like at your alarm mm-hmm. would go off at 1220 mm-hmm. in the morning? Yeah. How can that be? I, it, well, I, I'm not sure. I still kind of question <laughs> myself. Uh, and that when was... I started early, it, it wasn't like that. And then the, the uh, business kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the morning show started earlier. Uh, things just changed. And by the time I left morning TV in 2018, um, I was getting up about 12, 20, oh 12, 30 gosh. in the morning. Yeah. I mean, when did you go to bed? Um, as early as possible. Um, but yeah, I was always asleep by six, six thirty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But you had to be to, yeah. f- to survive. Yeah, to function. Because yeah. you did, I mean, we pulled a full eight-hour day the next mm-hmm. day, at, le- at least eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I left and really didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. Um, did a lot of praying, a lot of soul-searching, and um, just got a phone call from uh, TV10 and uh, Fran uh, McRae, who yeah. I still love very much. She moved on to Memphis uh, to be a GM there um, and did that for three years. And just, I don't know, everything was okay. But for me inside, I felt like I had more to give. You know, I, mm-hmm. I turned 50 a couple of years ago. And I think you reach a point in your life where it's like, okay, is this where I'm going to end? Is this where it's going? Do I have any more growth? What can I do next? Is this it? And really just started having that internal conversation with myself. Um, and I've always enjoyed the PR space. I've always enjoyed being able to tell stories. That's one of the things mm-hmm. that you do as a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. You tell stories. And um, again, went back to God and said, you know, what, what do, where do you want me? What's my next step? Mm-hmm. Um, and everything just kind of unfolded exactly as it was supposed to. And I got the job at Cox. I started on August 23rd of 2021. So it's right at a year. Yeah, right at a year. year. Yeah. And um, the following weekend, that was a Monday, the following weekend, Ida hit. And oh, um, part wow. of our job in the uh, PR space, PA space, public affairs space is crisis um, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I, I, it was definitely a baptism by fire because our whole team, you know, went into action. I was not, that was not foreign to me because having been a broadcaster for so long, crisis communication is a large part of what we did. And it actually was one of my favorite parts of the job, not because it was a crisis or anybody was getting hurt, but because people need information in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the most helpless feelings, I think, in, in the wake of a hurricane or any other kind of natural disaster is now what? What do I do now? And so being in this space on the other side has been interesting and invigorating, Mm -hmm. eye-opening. It's been a great learning experience. Um, I work with such an amazing team of professionals who are so good at their crafts, um, but they are all willing to continue learning. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I was curious when, you know, your your job is called public and media relations, Mm -hmm. so the public aspect... You know, especially as we're entering active hurricane season, I'm sure that it's critical that you're able to contact people and assure them that, you know, their service will be restored and all the all the things that go along with crisis. Yeah. And, and, you know, as with any company, I think, you know, you you have a lot of customers and you have a lot of immediate needs. And Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic, very much like it was in media. Um, where I think people's fears, their concerns, their frustrations, all of that play a part into the information that they're asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's learning to navigate through that and get them to a place where they need to be to get them the information they need as quickly as they need it. Right. What do you think your TV career, you know, brought to you like it it seems I've always admired people on TV because sometimes you know I'll just get like brain freeze or Mm -hmm. tongue-tied and you really have to be able just to work through that and keep on communicating you know was that something that you grew with as a person or did you always maybe have that gift of you know the spoken word I'm not sure I I think that you know what I'm saying yeah no I do and if, as I as I stop and pause and and freeze here, uh-huh. um, put you on the I spot. I think that yeah, there's something that happens when that light goes on. You know, whether it's on radio or TV, um, you know, you have to be on. Dead air is the enemy. I mean, all of oh, those things are drilled <laughs> into you, right? Um, and so I think that in that space, you have to know what to say, when to say it, and delivery is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I know it's funny because. When I listen to tapes, because back in the day, that's how we, you know, air checked ourselves. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, did I really sound like that much of an idiot? You know? <laughs> but you do and you grow and, and mm-hmm. you learn what to say and what not to say. Um, I don't know. It just kind of always, I think, has come second mm-hmm. nature to me. It's, it's what I did and it's what I was. But, you know, it's so interesting to be on the other side. Um, in, I don't know, maybe the mid-90s, early 2000s, I got into theater for a while. You did? Yeah. And I enjoyed acting, and, uh-huh. and it was, you know, we were really playing around. It was community theater kind of thing, and we had a lot of fun. And there was a moment in time where 
we had a play we wanted to put on our little community theater group and we didn't have a director. And so they said, Tracy, you could be the director. And I thought, no, I can't, <laughs> like, I can't do that. And I kind of got thrust into the role and thought, okay, well, let's try this and enjoyed it so very mm-hmm. much. Um, there was something about watching all of the players come together like an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that my job at Cox is a lot like that. We have an amazing team filled with amazing talent who, when we all work together, which we do, gosh, day in and day out, something emerges that's better than any of us singularly. And... Um, so I'm I'm really enjoying seeing this side and yeah. truly being part of a team. We always had teams. I mean, no television uh, news program um, ever came off with one singular person right. or, or didn't come off well. Um, this is a lot like that, but mm-hmm. we all get to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I often remind myself that a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah, you know, and it I takes think, everyone absolutely, yeah. and um, and and I'm always interested to see what each of our team brings to mm-hmm. the table. Do you ever give advice to up and coming um, people that may think they want to go into media as their first career? Do you have any advice? I've uh, I've talked to several people, um, and my first bit of advice uh, is always don't expect to make a lot of money (laughs) because, excuse me, newbies to television or radio for that matter, uh, don't make a lot of money. There was always a a joke that was always the running joke in in all of the broadcast organizations I worked for. Um, It was uh, kind of a labor of love. Um, But the other thing that I, I think that I always tried to remind anchors that I work with, potential anchors, um, new journalists, is it's never about you. It's never about you. Um, Yes, you have to look presentable. But if your concern is seeing yourself on TV or hearing yourself on the radio or, you know, making sure that um, you get enough camera time, then you need to find another career because you won't last long. I think that um, the public is smart and they weed that out. Mm -hmm. Um, and they can flip the channel or flip streaming services yeah. so easily. Yeah. Because we ha- as, as broadcasters, you have to remember that w- the information that you're giving is for a purpose. Um, it could be to inform. It could be to assist. Um, I mean, there are a number of reasons, but ultimately it's about the person on the other side of that microphone. It's about the person on the other side of that camera. Mm-hmm. Um because we all, I think, operate from a space of what about me? How does this affect me? And I don't think, and I don't say that um, mm-hmm. in any kind of negative connotation it's at all. We nature. all process things from our own perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, somebody might see somebody who's attractive on TV and say, oh, they're attractive. But the next two or three minutes is what really matters. Yeah. You know, do they have anything valuable to offer to me? Mm-hmm. And so I, that's the advice that I always give to mm-hmm. them. Yes, it's fun. It can be fun to see yourself on TV or whatever, but that needs to not be your motivation. Right, right. That's well said. I want to thank you, Tracy Wirtz, for being here with us. Again, um, Tracy serves as public and media 
Relations Manager for Cox Communications. And would you tell us one more time where people can go to look if maybe they're not with Cox and they're interested in finding out if they qualify for this? Where do they go? And I want to remind you, too, that if you aren't with Cox or you don't have internet service Mm -hmm. at all, then you can definitely go to our website, cox.com slash digital equity. But you can also, if you are a customer and you'd like to find out more about the ACP program, real quick, Jan, um, here is here are the, the folks that might be eligible. Uh, if you have free or reduced lunch, your child does. If you uh, get SNAP benefits, if you are in federal public housing, if you're on WIC, if your child is a Head Start student, if you receive a Pell Grant for the current academic year. Um, also, if you're in Medicaid, uh, SSI, if you receive veterans pension or survivor benefits, and if your income is 200% or less in the federal poverty level. And you can find those guidelines mm-hmm. uh, online. But go to cox.com slash digital equity. At the top of the page, you'll see check your eligibility. Click there, put in your address. It may tell you that you're already pre-qualified because some addresses are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, they may just ask for a few documents to prove your eligibility. And um, you can get yeah. up to $30 in credit toward your per internet month. bill yeah. per month. Yeah. Um, and that's on, and that's good toward any uh, Cox mm-hmm. tier. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. For you being are very with welcome. Us. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank our listeners. Thank you for your loyal support. And you know, we couldn't do this without our sponsors. I'd like to thank Home Bank and, of course, Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound professional. Thank you all for making this show possible. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, this is Jan Swift. 